It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. And on the line, we have Congressman Lee Zeldin, Republican candidate for governor. Lee Zeldin, thank you. I know you're busy, but, you know, you have a regular spot on this radio show. So here we are. Congrats on the debate. Good work. You knocked her around pretty good. So I want to talk to you about the story this morning in the New York Post. So now she's catering to this far-left socialist working families party. Really? What is that going to do to the state of New York? Not good. It's great to be back with you, Larry. And the, the working families party is the champions of the defund the police movement and cashless bail and getting DAs like Alvin Bragg hired who refused to enforce the law, partnering with the furthest left elements of the Democratic Party doesn't bode well for economic policy, for attacks on freedom, uh, certainly for public safety. So it's uh, it's a big concern. I mean, we've been talking about the quality of education in our schools and the need for uh, school choice and lifting the caps on charter schools and, and access to a quality of education regardless of race, ethnicity, and zip code. Uh, so just on so many different fronts, by hooking into the furthest left extremes of the Democratic Party, it doesn't bode well at all for New York. But the great news is that 10 days from now, New York has this amazing opportunity to elect a new governor, and, and she could go spend as much time as she wants hanging out with the far left. She won't be in the governor's mansion. I mean, I'm looking at the Post editorial these this this crowd working families party, the Hochul's is hanging on it now. She's desperate because you're coming on so strong. You're going to win this thing. They are the ones most responsible for the criminal justice uh, problems. No cash, no bail. I mean, in the debate, it was just fascinating to me. Two things: number one, she doesn't understand why putting criminals in jail is a good idea. She had no response. And number two, when she was asked about the. 57% increase in subway crime. She had no answer. She was shocked to hear that. 57% increase in subway crime. Well, where's she been on the subway crime? Where's she been on crime in general? Where's she been? Now she's going to the working families. This is the AOC type stuff. This is Bernie Sanders type stuff. Yeah, and she was given multiple opportunities to be tough on crime. And she was purposefully passing up on that opportunity. And she took it to the next level where she would start going after me. She doesn't understand why this is so important to me, she says. And when she says that she doesn't understand why locking up criminals and securing our streets is so important to me, I mean, that's a message to everyone who's paying attention, all New Yorkers who care about public safety. Uh, so it shows how out of touch she is, uh, how weak she is on this issue. And you can't talk about crime without the reality of needing to lock up people who owe a debt to society, locking up criminals who hurt other people, individuals who are committing crimes, uh, which should come with consequences. And she was trying to avoid that. She's one of these people who wants us to just look away. There's nothing to see here, that uh, it's just a perception that there's crime. You know, tell that to the people who have lost their lives or people who are battling for their, their vision uh, or otherwise physically harmed. Go tell that to the business owners who are, are getting looted all throughout the day, people just coming in, grabbing inventory and leaving without paying. Uh, you know, there are consequences for the law-abiding New Yorker 
And they're desperate looking for that leadership to roll back pro-criminal laws, to make sure DAs are enforcing the law, and that our law enforcement is supportive. And she's just taking a pass on this. Mm. Um, Lisa Elvin, talk about you. You raised this in the debate, but I, I think it needs to be further uh, ventilated. Um, again, this workers' family party, this far left, these socialists, these are the uh, anti-frackers, uh, anti-fossil fuels. These are the Green New Deal people. If why <laughs> do people understand how important it would be, how helpful it would be? for the New York economy, for New York jobs, for lower prices uh, for electricity and so forth, if we did some fracking, if we put the pipeline into New York uh, in the southeast uh, part of the state, I mean, these prices, gasoline at the pump has come down some, but uh, utility prices are going up, electricity prices are going up, home heating fuel prices are going up, and you're willing to stand up and say, look, they passed all these tests. It's absolutely safe. Tell us why it would be important and helpful on so many counts, Lee Zeldin, if we open the door to some uh, fracking. Most New Yorkers understand the, the revenue that can be generated, the uh, jobs that can be created, the energy costs that can be reduced, the communities that can be revitalized. The southern tier of New York borders Pennsylvania they look across their border. They see the extraction of natural gas on the other side, and they, they're just desperate for Albany to reverse the state ban. And there's just so many positives for the entire state by allowing the southern tier and some of these other counties to be able to tap into this resource, which is two shells named after New York towns that we're the only state that is blocking uh, the extraction into and when you mentioned the pipeline into southeast New York, there, the Williams Pipeline was being proposed to bring natural gas in and through New York. And Bill de Blasio and his buddies, they all got together, and they blocked this pipeline from coming in. And then you see the consequences play out, obvious, clear as day what was going to happen. But next step was National Grid and Con Edison, uh, this, uh, they put out an announcement saying no gas hookups on new construction. And then the far left, you mentioned the Working Families Party. They own a majority of the New York City Council. They passed a new city law saying no gas hookups for new construction. And these same people are the ones who, the same ideology, same party, they're, they're controlling Albany right now. Not for long if we do what we need to in the next 10 days. But for right now, they control it. And they want to have a ban on all gas hookups mm. statewide. So the, the reality, uh, uh, when you look at the contrasting viewpoints, as we look to tap into this potential, and I want to see New York not just extracting this resources, uh, this resource to take care of ourselves, uh, but also we should be uh, exporting energy to other states. We could be exporting energy to other countries. And now the environmental uh, hypocrisy here and irony of uh, the, the opposition is that when Joe Biden and the federal government cuts off access to Russian oil imports, and then they run off Iran and Venezuela and Saudi Arabia or wherever else to, you know, to grab this energy supply. That is being tapped into less environmentally friendly than what we would be doing right here at home. And by the way, there are New Yorkers who have no problem with Pennsylvania extracting natural gas, mm. but they have a problem with us doing it. So it's just 
it's so absurd on the economics. And even if you were to dig deeper into the environmental, uh, the environmental aspect, I'm a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. We had John Kerry come testify in front of the committee as the climate change czar of the White House. And he was asked, what's the safest way to transport energy? And we're, he was asked about all sorts of different options, trucks. And he was asked about freight and pipelines. He was given all sorts of options. You know which one he picked. He picked pipeline. Mm. So if, of course. if pipeline is the most environmentally friendly way of transporting this, then why aren't we building more pipelines? And now we get the truck traffic off the road. It's going to be cold in the winter, okay? It's going to be cold. People are going to need fossil fuel various extractions to stay warm. And Hochul had no response to that, uh, which amazed me. The last one, Lee Zeldin, I, I know you're busy and we appreciate your time. The last one is the corruption issue. You and I have talked a lot about that. Uh, I thought you did a super job putting it out there. But she had no response, okay? It's like she just said, no, we don't. There's pay, you know, uh, pay, pay for play. Uh, donors, but Buffalo Stadium. I mean, she just had no response to that. Yeah, and she is corrupt. I mean, she comes into office August of 21. She acts like she was elected governor. She was never elected governor. She was elected lieutenant governor. She's filling out the remainder of Andrew Cuomo's term. And she comes in and decides that she needs to raise tens of millions of dollars. And the only way for her to raise tens of millions of dollars is to sell out access to her office. And that's what she went about doing. And we see it with the digital gadgets deal where they host a fundraiser for her four days later to unilaterally expend, uh, uh, suspends New York's competitive bidding law. Digital gadgets provides a, a no bid offer, which ended up being over $600 million for COVID tests. They don't even make. And the same day as the offer is made, the, uh, Kathy Hochul and her team approve it. And we end up paying twice the price as California did. And California's, really no example, no model for fiscal uh, smartness and conservatism, yet they spent 45% less than we did. Mm -hmm. That's just one of so many different examples of pay-to-play corruption. So we get an opportunity at the debate this week to ask each other a question. I asked a specific question. What, what specific measures are you pledging to end this pay-to-play corruption that is plaguing your administration? And she, she had no answers. I mean, she all, all she was saying was that there was no pay-to-play corruption. Obviously, that there is. And you, know, you just it constantly, from one issue to the next, she's just insulting the intelligence mm. of the electorate. There's no crime. Look away. Uh, you know, she, was, she criticized me multiple times where she'd say, all he talks about are uh, cut, cutting taxes, cutting taxes, cutting taxes. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, that's true. <laughs> and she comes back and she says it again. She criticizes me. As I mentioned earlier, all he does, he just keeps talking about cutting taxes and cutting taxes and cutting taxes. Really? Like <laughs> someone on your political team told you, like, as part of your debate prep, that you're going to come in here and start attacking me for how I believe that we should be cutting taxes and make life in New York more affordable? On so many levels, she's just totally out of touch. Well, you did a great job, Lee Zeldin, and you're looking good on this race. Um, open invitation for the next Saturday, uh, if you can make it. Been on the show a bunch of times. You're doing a fabulous job. Good luck on the campaign trail. I'm going to let you go because I know you're real busy. But, uh, folks, this is Lee Zeldin on a roll, about to win his race against uh, 
socialist, Kathy Hochul, who's thrown in with this crazy working families party. It's AOC and it's Bernie Sanders, and it's exactly what we do not need here in New York. I'm Kudlow. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. 